Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the second hour of Ghost Chronicles Radio. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is the blonde bombshell herself, Miss Ann Kerrigan. Hello, everybody, and I hope you all had an awesome Halloween. I know I did. You did? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, I did. Your you, you graveyard didn't get blown over from the northeast? <laughs> you know, it actually... Uh, for the most part, survived. Really? Yeah, I was. That was the first thing I thought about when we heard that storm was coming. I was like, "Oh God, yep. Ann's gonna lose her graveyard again." Because you lost yep. it what last year, or the year before. Yeah, before. Oh my God, yeah. I've lost it a few times. It's an yeah. annual occurrence. And yeah. why do I keep putting them out? You say? Well, it's the Bermuda Triangle. That's down there, the Bridgewater Triangle. Yeah. Something I have to do, you know. Yeah. But you know, uh. I do have them staked pretty well on the ground. I'll tell That's you good. what, though. I stake, I wired those skellies in. They didn't budge. Good. They stood the test of wind. Uh, so, anyways. Yeah, I, I went out the next morning because I knew we were going to get more wind. And I just pulled them all up out of the ground, which I should have done the night before. But I guess I didn't think it was going to be as bad. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody did thought it was going to be nearly as bad because you know the weathermen are always like blah 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 and they get us all hyped up and then it's you know a chair tips over and that's it mm-hmm. so this time um i think everybody was like yep boy who cried wolf just it'll be fine and then we were all like oh crap it's not fine but i didn't yeah. have any big stuff out you know i put the big stuff out uh you know the day before Halloween, or Halloween yeah. during the day. That's yeah. anything that would yeah. have really blown over. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I'm looking at this this wonderful list of interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. I, Be afraid, I, everybody. Be afraid. I don't know what's going to happen. I was going to, you know, I don't know, get, go into some things. I had this wonderful, the worst diets and 10 worst diets and uh, the most 10 most disgusting foods. But I guess oh. I'm going go, to go another way. Oh, well, wow. I'll have to go somewhere. I, I, yeah. I don't know. We're at a I, loss tonight, people. What should we talk about? <laughs> All right, so it's just a show because we we like to study science and everything. We're going to do science. All right, science. It's it's like uh, what's that? Uh, Trivial Pursuit. I'll take science. I'll take a science for, question. Yellow for right? five hundred dollars. Yes. Okay. Uh, Ten truly bizarre scientific studies. Okay. Did we do this one before? Sounds vaguely familiar. I I can't remember. Oh, well, uh, I just don't know if you like us. It'll be new all over again. 
Every week, it's something new. Something new. Anyway, every day. Uh, okay. So anyways, 10 most bizarre scientific studies. And these are conducted by actual organizations. The study. I hope so. Elephant self-recognition. Recognition? Recognition. Thank you. One of those. <laughs> so, this, have you been drinking? No. <laughs> recognition. This is Ronism. Uh, <laughs> you know, we talked about that on the morning show it, that uh, Lou was saying that uh, during the first uh, showing of the original Dune, they, the, the uh, theater would give out a, a, a glossary of terms. And I said, we should start doing that for the, the radio <laughs> show where I give out a you know glossary of Ronisms so people know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, my God. Yeah, that that would be great. So, anyways, this was conducted by I'll the. I'll understand you. <laughs> yeah, this was conducted by the New York Wildlife Wildlife Conserve, Conservation Society. Good God. Hi. Three Asian elephants named Happy, Maxine, and Patty. Were observed. Yeah, Maxine, okay. Happy, and Patty. All right. Oh, that's nice names. They must have been oh, Happy. Happy. Maxine. Yeah. Oh. What, Anyways, uh, observers uh, were observed by a researcher after a large mirror was placed in the elephant's yard. Happy was mocked with an X. Uh, oh, they got to mock him? Oh, I guess they do. Uh, Happy was mocked with a white X painted above the uh, right eye. See, we got face painting, too. This is right up the mirror. <laughs> okay. A similar mock was made over the other eye. Uh, an invisible paint. Oh, Ooh. invisible paint? How, then how did anybody know it was there? Okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. Over the other eye, an invisible paint of an identical, uh, but has it the same smell and, and texture as the white paint, but it was invisible. Okay. So when Happy saw her image in the mirror, she repeatedly brought her trunk to her own head to touch the white marking. Oh. Mm. This is the ultimate test of self-recognition. Uh, the elephants <laughs> made repetitive movements in front of the mirror and apparently used it to uh, impact their bodies, inspect their bodies. Mm -hmm. Maxie even pulled the tip of her trunk into her mouth and looked... <laughs> It looked as though she was trying to study her mouth's interior. <laughs> okay. Uh, that, that Maxine, she grew up to be a dentist. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Anyways, uh, interesting fact about elephants, by the way. Elephants oh, yes. have, now joined, have now joined apes and dolphins as being a part of a small group of animals that were able to recognize themselves in a the mirror. Oh, that's cool. Well, elephants are very clever animals, right? I guess. That's what they say. I wouldn't know. Uh, I never really had any dealings with elephants. Don't you? Me either, but uh. I rode on an elephant at the circus once. Did you really? Yeah. They had on elephant, top of it? They had elephant rides. Yeah. Well, you had to pay for it, you know. I mean, how'd they get up there? Like, hoist they, up? They have a big giant. It's it's like like you'd get on the airplane with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Roll up flat. A yeah. big platform. You you climb up the stairs and get on the platform, and then and you, you rode on an elephant. Yeah, 
they had a circus one year Damn. in town here and we went up with the kids and I think we all could ride on the elephant, you know, as a family, like as a family, yeah, well, wow. elephants are pretty big, you know. Wow. You know, I thought I was did good when I worked on the space program, but you rode on an elephant. Wow. <laughs> that's that's smelling. Yeah. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, they just smell amazing. though. They're kind of stinky. I was going to ask you that for some reason. I always said, what do they smell like? Yeah, they're stinky. But I, but I got yelled at it yesterday at the red light saying it's about smell. So I'm not going <laughs> to. Why? What did you do? What Nothing. You do? I was trying to smell something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so not okay, happy. I'm not sure I want to know what it is. So we'll just move yeah. along. Not happy with uh, elephant recognition. Uh, <laughs> they, they decided to study sheep recognition. Uh, the study of sheep recognizing faces. There you go. Oh. Conducted by the Barberham Institute. All right. The Barberham Institute, Institute investigated sheep's ability to distinguish and remember faces of both other sheep and humans. Mm. 20 sheep were presented with pictures of 25 pairs of sheep faces uh the researchers had trained the sheep to associate one with one pair for a food reward oh so if you pick this one out uh they uh determined that the sheep could recognize individuals associated with the reward even when they uh saw the faces profile well, we're going to get closer here. I was sitting in the dock there. Uh, the team further <laughs> discovered that the sheep can remember as many as 50 sheep faces. Oh, my goodness. In addition goodness. to uh, a familiar human face for up to two years. That's amazing. Two yeah, years? Yeah. And then I can't even thing. remember some human faces for two years. Come on. Yeah, yeah I know. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Interesting facts about sheep, of course. Uh, Damn. Science, okay. Science Scientists is, scientists concluded that because sheep have such a sophisticated facial recognition skill, that mm-hmm. they must have a greater social requirements than we previously thought. Oh so my like, goodness! They must have little parties and stuff. There's like a there's clicks. There's sheep clicks. Sheep clicks. Sheep clicks. <laughs> oh, so there are black sheep then. <laughs> I guess so. There's more to it than meets the eye. Yeah, I guess so. All these right. are fascinating studies. Actually, people put money into these. That's, that's, oh, it is amazing. Here's, here's one that you and I, I'm sure, can relate to. Okay, I got some too. But anyways, keep going. Oh, you do? I have unsolved mysteries of the strange universe, but. I'll take that. That's fine. We'll drop back uh, and forth. Okay. Uh, study. Do married couples start to look alike? Oh, Jesus. I and in your not. case, it's definitely for sure. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Why do you say that? Because you can see the resemblance so clear. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you do not. You, oh, you look, I don't know. You guys look kind of starting to look alike. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, that's it. Yeah, your defensive mode attack. Yeah. Anyways, this was conducted by uh, psychologist Robert, oh, God, Zenhonic. <laughs> Z-A-J- Zinjonic, Z-A-J-O-N-C, Zinjonic, wow. whatever, of the University of Michigan. Uh, 
for this study, 110 participants were presented with random photographs of faces mm-hmm. and were instructed to match the men and the women who most closely resemble each other. No oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's two interesting. Dozen, yeah. Two Definitely. dozens of the photographs were uh, couples when they were first married. Another two dozen were the same couples 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, judges were able to match the husband and wives far more often when the couples were older than when they were younger. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so maybe we do start to look alike. I think so. That's creepy. I, I do think you do. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if my husband and I really do. I never really thought about it. You can only tell from somebody else's point of view. You never I tell s- what you wrote. Yeah, I suppose. People say suppose. my brother and I look like, and I, I never see any resemblance at all between the two mm. of us. Yeah. My older brother, yes. My younger brother, no. Anyway. Mm. But mm. Other, other people's eyes see different things. That's true. Yeah. All right. Interesting fact. The results could not be explained, but there were some possible explanations. First was diet. See, we went back to diets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With, uh, with the thinking that both partners eat a high-fat diet, for example, their faces would both tend to look chubby. Well, yeah. Another explanation is with couples exposed to the same drinking habits would soon appear. Okay. Equally third as exp- besotted. Uh, yeah. Third <laughs> explanation was the predisposition to idea that people are more likely to chose partners who will grow to look like themselves. The most popular explanation was empathy. People grow to look similar because they are empathizing with each other each day. So yeah. the couples would copy their other's facial exp- explanation, expressions. And then over time, because of the empathizing, uh, their faces would begin <laughs> to look similar. There you go. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I. I see. I don't think. And like, they say people look like their dogs. Uh, see, you're I not going to say. God, I hope I don't look like a dog. <laughs> I've heard people say. Never mind. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks. I'm just teasing Thanks you. Thanks there, know that. sport. Yeah, I don't just, think yeah. now, like most of that stuff you just talked about. Like, I, my husband and I eat completely different diets. Completely. I know. Completely. Yep. And yeah, maybe the drinking habits, but yeah, I gotta lay off that. I made, that one, I made that one up. You made that one up. I made that nice. one up. Nice. Yeah, I was just drinking teasing. habits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but See, yeah, I'm honest. Like, I'm honest. We don't dress like we're not. Have you ever met oh, those God, couples that get all matchy matchy? Oh, oh, just shoot me. Oh my God, uh, God, <laughs> God bless Tom's aunt Al and Uncle Lou. They yeah. would always do that. They'd have coordinating oh outfits. I mean, I have pictures of them, and I'm like, oh, my God, stop it. They're like the freaking Bobsy twins. Stop it. That's mm. frightening. Really frightening. Yeah. Well, like people people who have, like, twins or triplets, and they insist on uh, – well, my, my sister-in-law, uh, they were not – triplets but she had three boys all very close in age so it was like boom 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 irish twins as they say or irish triplets she would all their lives dressed them all the same oh no shoot me and i'm like no 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 
We're individuals. Really? Yes. Can we all be individual people? They were constantly dressed. If they were going somewhere, all three of those boys were dressed exactly the same. And they, they were probably maybe a year and a half between each of them. So like Judge. the oldest one and the littlest one. Yeah. That's just, it's just weird. I don't they'd be, know. They'd be perfect in Mousy Tongues, China. Oh. That's what they all did. They all dressed the same. Oh, God. Don't you remember it was the terrible. Typical Chinese uh, gob that they had during the, the communist thing? No? Okay. No. All right. So, what do you got for me? One my time. All right. I got stuff. I got stuff. Good. All right. I, I got top 10 unsolved mysteries of the strange universe. So, uh, our world is shaped by all sorts of unseen forces that we don't fully understand. Like me. So we're going to take a look, like Ron Kolek, at some of the unsolved mysteries that plague the mind of physicists. Oh, cool. So number one, dark matter, the spider's yeah. web. Planets, stars, asteroids, galaxies, the things that we can actually see make up less than 5%, less than 5% of the total universe. Scientists think another 25% is a strange substance called dark matter. We can't see it. We don't understand it. But we're pretty sure it's out there because everything moves to its gra- own to its gravitational tune. Scientists believe that dark matter acts like a spider's web holding fast-moving galaxies together. And there's so much of this stuff that it bends the appearance of space so that when astronomers observe distant galaxies... They often appear distorted. We have plenty of evidence that dark matter exists, but as for what it is, that remains a mystery. Some think dark matter is composed of an undiscovered particle or particles. Others believe it's an undiscovered property of gravity. Whatever the truth, dark matter is a real puzzle, and it's proved hugely tricky to pin down. Hmm, that's pretty amazing. I think so. Less than 5% of the total universe. That's that's just the stuff we see. So hmm. what oh, what's in so 25% is dark matter and 5% is is what only just what we can see as humans. Mm-hmm. What's the other yeah, 70%? That's I have no idea. Frightening. Wow. So that's my that's my first uh, unsolved mystery of the strange universe. <laughs> you want to hear another one? Yeah, give me one because I ran All three. Right. So. All right. Number two, dark energy, the poltergeist. So if dark matter makes up here, oh, here we go. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even scroll down to this. That just said exactly what I just said. What about the other seventy percent? Yes, what about the other 70%? We think that the remainder is entirely dark energy, which is powerful enough to tear the entire universe asunder. There's a word for you. I use it all the time. Asunder? Asunder. Really? Asunder this, asunder that. Okay, while you wonder about recognition. Okay, while dark matter appears to mesh galaxies together, Dark energy seems to want to push everything apart. We all know that the universe is expanding, but it's expanding more and more quickly quickly than it should be. And scientists think the dark energy is the culprit. But where is the dark energy coming from? 
Some believe that it's produced from collisions between quantum particles, but no one knows for sure. Here we go into that quantum physics kind of stuff, which makes me, it makes my eyes glaze over, but yeah. All right, so number three, quantum entanglement, spooky action. Famously dubbed spooky action at a distance, by a dubious Albert Einstein. Quantum entanglement is a phenomenon by which two particles in totally different parts of the universe can be linked to one another, mirroring the behavior and state of their partner. Oh, here we are talking about couples again, okay? Quantum entanglement, right? Quantum entanglement is a bit of a nuisance for classical physics because it breaks some fundamental laws that we previously thought unbreakable. For particles to be connected across such vast distances, they must be sending signals to one another that travel faster than the speed of light, a feat previously considered impossible. What's more, objects that are only supposed to be affected by their surroundings, objects are only supposed to be affected by their surroundings. The notion of a particle being affected by something happening on the other side of the universe is just strange. Nonetheless, studies suggest that quantum entanglement does indeed exist. And even though we don't understand it, we could still potentially use it. Because of its spooky characteristics, entanglement could eventually become the next generation, become the bedrock of next generation computing and communications. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's my three. <laughs> okay. Three mysteries and solve mysteries of the strange universe. I got more. Mm. Go back to it. Got I suppose you don't want to. Suppose you don't want to learn learn about uh, incredibly bizarre sexual practices. No. Mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. How about ten bizarre places to get married? <laughs> Wait a minute! You only did three bizarre things before. Why? Well, I have just so many. Because, okay, you want me to go back to them? You you got it. Yeah, I don't care. I just wondered what happened to the rest of the list. Okay, smart hips. Smart hips? This is truly the bizarre, uh, 10 truly bizarre scientific studies. Bizarre hips. Study okay. of curvy hips and intelligence. Oh. Conducted by the University of Pittsburgh and the University of California in Santa Barbara. Researchers looked at data uh, from a study of more than 16,000 women and girls that detailed their body measurements as well as their education levels and scores in various uh, cogn cognitive tests. The women's were the women the were measured by yeah the women's the women's were measured by their waist to their hip ratio or WHR. The okay. report indicated that women with waist that were about 70% of the diameter of their hips scored slightly better on intelligence tests and tend to have slightly higher uh, education uh, levels okay. than the women who had a uh, higher waist to hip ratio. Okay. So this is women, a really strange study. Women yeah. with uh, lower WHR and their children 
turn the page, uh, <laughs> had significantly higher cognitive tests. One theory is okay. the amount of omega-3 fatty acids in a woman's hips and thighs are the key indicator of heart health. Ah. It, is also, it is also important that the health of her brain and the brain of any child that she may bear. So in other words, if you got more fat on it, you, you're less to have, be less intelligent ah, in, in your hips, in your hips. It's well, about that base, about that base. No trouble. W-H-I. Remember that. So if, if, if you've got, you know. Woman waist. Very curvy. Like a little, like a littler waist to a bigger booty. Right. Then you're smarter. Is that, no. that how we're going with this? No, no, no. That's but not. if you have a big, no. measured, Woman who measures by their waist to hip ratio. Right. The report indicated that women with waists that were about 70% of the diameter of their hips right. scored so they were slightly. Smaller, smaller yeah, waist. Yeah, smaller waist. To a bigger hip. To a bigger hip more means more intelligence. Yeah, that's what I said. Yes. But if you, you got a big old, big old, your, your, your bass backwards. And what are you saying there? You're, you you're saying out there? of luck. Careful, careful what you talk about. A big old muffin top, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make this. Anyways, we got to take a break. Ah, okay. We'll have some more of this fascinating stuff when we get back. Now, yeah. yeah. Well, you ain't, you ain't seen nothing yet, as they say. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, so anyways. Uh, little animals. <clears throat> you are listening to Ghost Chronicles uh, Next Generation with Ann and Ron right here on Tojanet and Parax Radio. And we want to welcome the two new members of our Data Society on Patreon, Ann Ryan and Colin Biz Bilslin. So welcome aboard uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Thank you very much. And you too can become a member if you join and get access to over 30 videos uh, exclusive to our members. Ooh. All right. We'll be right back after the following messages. Hey. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, 
moustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our crazy little lists. Are they tonight. still here? Are they still listening? Anybody? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I wouldn't. I, don't... I would have been lost after that last one. <laughs> Probably. Waste to hip ratio. Back. I got to remember that. Yeah. Go w- around, stop H- measuring women. W H R O. Good luck with that. Mm. You might get a. Punched in the face for that. Hi, I'm conducting a scientific study. Can I measure your booty? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. I don't think so. No. Anyway, you got anything for me there? Uh, I have antimatter. God, you really gotten scientific. I know. Well, Did you, you get know. me something strange, something weird instead yeah. of the scientific? Yeah. Well, it's 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 strange universe. Unsolved mysteries is a strange universe. Okay, fine. I Go don't on. know. I can keep going. This one's no. um That's all right. That's fine. Go on. It's about um Okay, antimatter, the evil twins. Imagine yourself in opposite land. Black is white, up is down, and matter is antimatter. It sounds crazy, but the subatomic particles that make up everything around us, electrons, protons, neutrons, all have evil twins. Antimatter particles are the same mass as normal particles, but the opposite electrical charge. And because of this, antimatter wipes out normal matter on contact. Poof! Both are destroyed in an instant. So antimatter has the potential to destroy us and everything we love. But fear not, there's very little antimatter roaming around in the cosmos. What's more, antimatter could even prove useful. When antimatter and matter meet and destroy one another, this sounds like a Star Trek episode, doesn't it? (laughs) It releases energy. In a PET scanner, anti-electrons are created and their annihilation in the body allows doctors to create sophisticated images. What's more, scientists hope one day to use the energy released by antimatter slash matter interactions to power spacecraft. So perhaps antimatter isn't quite so evil after all. There was a Star Trek episode. Everybody remember? Um, The antimatter was part of the Star Trek whole thing. That's what ran the the ships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, see, knew I was onto something there. But there was one episode with um. Oh, it was and it was the guy. I think it was the guy who used to play. He was he used to be on Batman, and he was the Riddler, Frank. Gosh. Gosh. Yep. Right. Yeah. Ah, see, I remember. I do have a memory. Mm-hmm. And they there was a black one and a and a and a. No, they were, were black and white. Black and white, but flipped. Yeah, one side of the face was black, one right. side of the face was white, and they were reversed. Right. That's all I could think of when I was talking about this. I'm like, I remember that show. 
Mm. Mm. And they end up, didn't they end up destroying each other? They destroyed their world. Yeah. The whole, the whole poof. See, they all went poof. Yep. You know, speaking about, speaking about poof, mm-hmm. uh, how about a hearing gas study? A hearing what? Gas. Gas? A study? Yes. Do G-A-S. herring, herring, the, fi- the fish herring? Yeah. Yes. Do fairing, herring communicate herring. by passing gas? Oh, all right. This was conducted, I get you. This was conducted by Canada and Britain. This was a study. Okay. It was a study, right? Uh, two teams carried out the, I don't know if I want to be part of this team, uh, <laughs> carried out the research project. One team studied the Pacific herring in uh, Bamsville, British Columbia while, Columbia, while the other focused on the Atlantic herring in Oban, Scotland. It was discovered that the Atlantic and the Pacific herring create mysterious little underground. (laughs) (laughs) The noise was always accomplished by. Would it be like bloop, bloop, bloop? Yeah, probably (laughs) bloop, bloop. The noise was always accomplished by a fine stream of bubbles. (laughs) Oh, accompanied, excuse me, accompanied by a fine stream of bubbles. You were right with the bloop. See? Yep. And it turns out that the higher <laughs> frequency sound was created by releasing air from their butts. I guess it's normal. Well, anuses. Rectums. Anuses. <laughs> okay. Anuses. I never knew it. Is anus, anuses is a word, I guess. A-N-U-S. So use U-S-E and then an and in front of it. So anuses. Okay. Uh, researchers anuses. suspected. Sure. Anyway. Researchers suspected hearing hear the bubbles as they are expelled, helping the fish to form a protective shoal at night. So that's <laughs> they school. So basically, so, so they... when, when somebody's pooping, then they all get together. <laughs> so it's a force shield. They yeah, all sure. they all pass gas. No, it's and it calling card. Big. It's oh, they create, no, no. Somebody poops and they all get together. Oh, he pooped. Let's go over there. <laughs> Interesting fact. Researchers uh, named the phenomenon FRT. Fast, <laughs> fast repetitive tick. Okay. F-R-T. Which makes, yeah, R- Come on. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Scientists say, unlike the human version, the FRTs are thought to bring the fish close together. <laughs> Biden, Biden tried that in Scotland. It didn't work out too good. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along. This is awful. <laughs> I don't make this up. It's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> if you think so, probably not to the little heron. Oh, my goodness. Oh, how can you little, beat that? The little gassy herrings. Okay. Yep. I don't, you, I can't, man. I didn't think so. That, nope. Nope. I can't. I have, little, I have little green men. I'll take that. Little green men. I like little green men. Uh, let's see. Um, they, have, they have little good FITs? I hope not. <laughs> I think they may. I don't know. The Fermi. Do they smell like peppermint? The Fermi paradox, the little green men. Oh, mint? <laughs> Maybe, the minty. The universe is really big. 
really, yes. really big. In the grand scheme of things, human beings are just small fries. And yet we currently seem to be the only ones at the party. The Fermi paradox refers to the contradiction between the high probability of extraterrestrial life mm-hmm. and the apparent lack of evidence that such life exists. Ooh, I like this one. Go ahead. We've now identified a handful of potentially habitable Earth-like planets, but we're still, we've still yet to see any signs of intelligent life from out there. So we don't why see the- that in Washington. <laughs> so why the radio silence? There are numerous theories ranging from the possibility that intelligent life is exceptionally rare or short-lived, or to the notion that alien species are purposefully avoiding detection, kind of leaning that way, Mm. although I'm not really into the whole alien thing, but I know many are. Yeah. They're probably not into the ghost thing on our end, but anyways, so... That's the Fermi paradox is that, you know, you know, we think we think they're out there, but they're hiding, basically. You know, the, the interesting thing about it is, oh, yeah, we've been sending out radio waves. for, But if you actually <laughs> saw how far those waves have traveled since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. you'd laugh because it hasn't reached shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. So. They ain't getting our radio waves. <laughs> They're not even no. on their radar. No. no. Yep. No. All right. You ready? Probably. Why? Wow, we're just little stupid humans. Sure, I'm ready. Okay. I'm scared. So, I'm scared, but I'm ready. You should be. Uh, woman in red. You got men in green, and I got woman in red. Women in red. All right. Yep. The study. A woman more attractive than red. Yes. Conducted by the university. Well, it's easy for you to say. Conducted by this is scientific study. <laughs> this we, is scientific. We, yes, the uh, conducted by the University of Rochester. The study wanted to test whether men have a different attitudes attitudes towards women based on the color the women are wearing. In one experiment, psychologists asked, "Imagine that you are going to date a woman, and you have a hundred dollars in your wallet." How much would you be willing to spend on your date? Pictures of the exact same woman wearing uh, wearing or framed in different colors were shown to the men. Mm-hmm. The woman wearing the red dress uh, or the red was more likely to be treated to a more expensive date. Ooh. Ooh. In the experiment, women shown uh, famed in red were uh, rated significantly more attractive sexually desirable oh. by by men uh, than women in other colors. How do you like that? There you go. So, girls, you want to hook yourself a man? Get dressed up in red. Yeah. Just, yep. There Lady you go. in red. Yeah. Yep. So Definitely. many of those. Just, so know, and, got to channel Julia Roberts in that red dress, right? Oh, yeah. I forgot about hot, that. Hot, hot, hot. Red. Red, I think I... I'm on board with that study, but I can't imagine why, why do we need a, and why do we need to know, need to know a fish fart? I mean, really? That's important. Oh my Lord. Yeah. I, don't you wonder how much money they, they've spent? I wonder, well, it doesn't tell us so much. That would be interesting if they actually did it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I actually find a woman in black more attractive than a woman in red. So really? Yeah. 
All right, inter interesting fact. One of the theories to explain the outcome of the study was that due to the deep biological roots of the, because non, wait a minute, non-human male primates, such as baboons and chimpanzees, <laughs> are known to be attracted by females displaying red. Oh, that's why they have red butts, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I have no, I have no idea. <laughs> no, do I want to. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. All right. What about purple? Uh, it doesn't say. It only studied red. It just, talks studied about red. It just studied red. Okay. Yeah, of course, we could always go back to the great show. If you really want to know uh, what you're thinking is uh, you can tell us what your color of your underwear. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. we could go that no, way. Just not. Nope. Nope. I'm sure nope. I have that list. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to dig that show out. <laughs> by, by far, one of the, the most popular shows that we ever did. <laughs> I have gotten more remarks over that. Oh, my God. I wanted to kill you. <laughs> That was the, uh, yep, the uh, famous uh, panteologist. Uh, Panteology. Mm -hmm. Yep, studied the, uh, the, what what the color of your underwear means. So, yep. <laughs> oh, right, my goodness. Along. Yeah, let's you move some... along. I, I still, yeah. The mine are only getting worse, I can tell you that right yes, now. Yes, they are. Not, and they're yeah. getting worse, I can tell you that. Mine are just getting wordier. Okay. Uh, black holes, massive monsters. You did that one. I did black holes. Oh, that was Doc no, Matter. No, I didn't. I did yeah, that was Doc Matter. Matter. This All is right, black, black holes. Hole. They're different. They're okay, different. fine. Okay. A constant staple <laughs> of sci-fi thrillers. I just talked about antimatter a minute ago. No, the little oh. green man. Okay. So, uh, a constant staple of sci-fi thrillers. Black holes are violent, vastly destructive, and invisible. Black holes are regions of space in which the force of gravity is so powerful that everything else... Uh, this is another Star Trek episode. Oh, my God. The force of gravity is so powerful that everything around is drawn in. Not even light can escape, which is why we can't see any of this going on. Experts think there could be up to 100 million black holes in our galaxy alone. And these monsters can grow to become billions of times more massive than the sun. What's more, at the center of most galaxies, including our own, lurks a supermassive black hole. Oh, who did that song? Supermassive black hole. Uh, anyways, but we don't know what happens when objects pass through the center. They might become spaghettified. <laughs> There's a word. Stretched apart into long... If I ever heard one. Yeah, it is, right? They're stretched apart into long strings of matter. They could even be transported through a shortcut to a different part of our universe. Yeah, and space travel is supposed to be through black holes. Right? Yep. Very spooky. Very spooky. Mm. Now Do you I know, know that? saying you know, that's a black hole. Yeah. Do you know that there are actually, there's beliefs that there are black holes on our planet, which uh, right. explains some of the, the weird stuff that's going on. For instance, like the Bermuda Triangle, they think that that's... Uh -huh one of the spots where there is a black hole and so the ships disappear into this black hole right so but uh, there are other cases the song is by muse thought so there you go m-u-s-e muse there you go. Mm. 
All right. So, Muse. Muse. I have the space roar. Okay. Silent screen. Because you really don't want my next one. (laughs) No, I don't. I probably, (laughs) nobody does. In space, no one can hear you scream, right? Space is a vacuum, so there shouldn't be any noise. And yet, you guessed it, there is. The entire universe is alive with sound, and space roar isn't just everyday sound. It's actually those odd radio signals that we've detected throughout space. You know radio waves, we use them for communications, TV, cell phones, radios. Well, it looks like space is full of them, kicking out a noise that's loud enough to drown out other signals, which is quite the nuisance for scientists trying to explore the cosmos. So where's the roar coming from? Some think that it's leftover radiation from early stars. Others believe it's gases, it's herring gas, swirling around galaxy clusters or else galaxies themselves. But for now, the roaring universe remains another unsolved and noisy mystery. Hmm. There you go. That's very interesting. So stuff's just bouncing around out there. I mean, you know, on, on the uh, one of the Apollo missions, the before the first landing, but that they went up there is to try it, and uh, they went to the dark side of the moon, and when on the dark side of the moon, they heard some strange noises, mm-hmm. and uh, they reported it, of course, and uh, you're not supposed to hear anything in space because it's a vacuum, right. and. NASA explained it as uh, feedback between the two radials between the command module and the, the lunar excursion module. But uh, hmm. uh, yeah, of course, therapists, uh, of course, uh, UFOlogists say, well, no, they were just picking up uh, UFO rain chatter. So anyway. Hmm. Interesting. So you ready? I'm ready. Oh, I don't know if you are. Uh, probably not. Are you Go set? ahead, anyways. Okay, <laughs> these these are I'm not making these up. These are actual scientific studies that were conducted by reputable reputable <laughs> reputable organizations. Now we you know we had the University of Rochester. You know we had the uh, Canadian uh, researchers and uh, the uh, well, there's a whole list of colleges and universities. So, anyways, this one is called uh, Bouncy Bosom. I uh, know. <laughs> The study, uh, bra support of bouncing breasts. Uh This was conducted by the University of Portsmouth in England. (laughs) When they had nothing to do. Let's let's do this. Okay. I want to know who gave them money. Oh, you know what? It was probably the bra companies. (laughs) I I wouldn't doubt it. You know, somebody financed it. Seventy women, including students at the uh, University of Portsmouth, with bra sizes ranging from A cups to extra large double D, E, double F, G, H, double H, J, and double J. Holy crap. Them's the big ones. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, we're recruited for the study. Each woman walked, jogged, and ran while wearing a different bra type. Yep. <laughs> See, it must be the bra universe. Uh, yeah, bra it is. Paying yeah. for this. Mm-hmm. During the exercise... Uh, biomechanical measurements were uh, taking of the breast movement in three different directions, up, <laughs> down, and sideways. Sideways. 
and it oh wait, and in and out, up and oh. down, up and down, wow. side to side, and in and out. Okay. During the walking exercise, women's breasts uh, move relatively the same amount in all directions. Mm-hmm. But when the participants sped up into a jog or run, their breasts uh, move <laughs> proportionally oh more in some directions than the other. Stand back, the, fellas. <laughs> the overall pattern of movement resembled the figure eight. <laughs> the study showed that a cup oh woman, my God, a cup woman wearing a sports bra reduced the overall breast movement by 53% uh-huh. compared to a 55% reduction of the G cup woman wearing oh, a sports bra. What the hell it was they con- run. I don't That's know. What I want to know. What are, how do they not put their eye out? I have no uh, idea. Not it was conducted. <laughs> <laughs> it was conducted. It was concluded that the woman, uh, flat that woman flat had a flat chested or big busted, ordinary bras fell short. When oh. it comes to supportive bouncing best. So if if you're going out there bouncing, I mean <laughs> jogging, jogging, jogging. <laughs> I didn't I didn't say bouncing. <laughs> yes, <you did. laughs> so if you're going out there jogging, make sure you wear a sport bra oh, and goodness. not a ordinary bra oh, because Lord. you know oh, the figure eights God. and yeah whatever. I must have been sponsored by Nike. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting fact. Don't forget that. Oh, how could we have that? That I will never forget that one. The Oof. momentum, the momentum created by intense bouncing can stretch the breast connective <laughs> tissue, causing oh. sagging and pain for many women. Oh. An estimated fifty percent of women experience breast pain during exercise. Uh, I I would have. <laughs> they would double J whatever, double ginormous. What the, Holy crap. Is that what J's for? Double J enormous? I don't no, that's know. <laughs> jiggly. What the jiggly, hell is a double J? Jiggly jugs. <laughs> I can't even imagine. This is terrible. I, I no. And uh, I did not make that's an actual study conducted by the uh, University of Portsmouth in England. Oh, why so. do I feel like like Bill Murray is sitting out there <laughs> conducting this study? <laughs> Oh, that's awful. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, well, excuse me. Would you like to participate in our, our bouncing? Let, let me measure you first, please. Bouncing breasts study. How do you ask somebody that? I oh, don't know. Oh, my God. I guess you put an ad in the paper. Ad in the paper. Do you yeah. have double J's? No, no. Like, oh, they took like A's. To talk to you. Wait a minute. They took A's, too. They took A? Yeah. Yep. They took so, uh. So, you know, uh, woman's breast needed. Uh, (laughs) Size doesn't matter. See, there you go. I can do this. Ron's going to start a new study tomorrow. Oh, my God. Kipper, another, another, my first assignment for the Kipper. Institute for Paranormal (laughs) Research. Yep. Oh, let's see. Can you beat Uh, that? Hmm. Can you beat that one? I uh, probably not. Yeah. I I only have boring science stuff over here. If you really don't want me to go any farther, I can tell All you. All right, that. I'm gonna go cosmic rays, ghostly visitors. 
Okay. Yes. Space can be an intense place, but we're totally shielded down here on Earth, aren't we? Well, cosmic rays are high-energy particles that come from outer space and regularly bombard Earth. Generally, these particles are completely harmless. Our atmosphere kindly protects us, but there are some exceptions. Up in the stratosphere, cosmic rays can affect both human beings and electronics. Astronauts and aircraft crew are exposed to higher levels of radiation than the average person because of the presence of cosmic rays, although still not enough to be a major risk. But electronics are the real potential victims here. Very rarely, a cosmic ray particle with enough energy can go straight into an electronic system, causing serious damage. The high-energy particles can disrupt electronic data, leading to system crashes. And in an increasingly digital world, that's not good news. We are only just beginning to learn about the potential impact the cosmic rays could have, and the race is on to find a solution. Okay. God, are we I, not out of time yet? We must be almost there. <laughs> yeah, solar flares Ron... can cause a lot of problems, too. Yeah. We don't want Ron to do his last story. Oh, I have two more. So oh. Three more, actually, so don't oh. even... I'm praying for the bell, the pizza bell. Oh, two minutes. Oh, there you go. There you go. What was coming? It's all right. <laughs> I, can, I can squeeze my last one in. Oh, no! Oh. Yes. This was uh, an actual study. Once again, it is fertility sexiness. Oh, my God. Here we go. It's the study. Do women walk sexier when fertile? Fertile? And, yeah. Conducted uh -huh. by Megan Provost of the Queen's University in Canada. The idea behind the study was to determine whether women give a subtle signals to men to advertise their experience different levels of sexual hormones. <laughs> the lead researcher, Megan Provost, had expected a uh, sexy hip swing walk to be one of those signals. She analyzed the gait of female volunteers and the levels of sexual hormones in their saliva. She showed the video clips to, of these women uh, to 40 men, asking them to rate the attractiveness of the way the women walked. And then she matched the results to the hormone tests. The results were so surprising that Probers repeated the experiment again and again with another group of males. Yeah. Uh, the researchers found that those alluring walks uh, were, were furthest away from over-evasion. Uh, women who were most fertile walked with fewer hip movement and with their knees closer together. <laughs> so there. So there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Uh, surprising fact, uh, interesting fact. It was suggested that during the highest amount of homeworld time uh, is that woman's best interest uh, to form a close attachment to one man might help raise children rather than advertise her fertility to oh, a number of competing males. Also, the sexy walk would be too obvious for women. Uh, so there you go. Anyways, so consider today's show as as the sexy librarian. We gave you the the <laughs> science stuff, and we gave you the sexy stuff. We got to go. go. So thanks everyone for listening, and uh, good night and God bless. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to this crazy show. Good night.
From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us 